All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. And we are blessed today to have once again the presence of our co-host and producer, Moritz Batshaida. Hello, hello. If you can, you can probably tell that my voice sounds a little bit rough again. If you can believe it or not, a second time this year, I lost my voice, which is pretty crazy. It didn't seem to be so regular in the past. But I I blew it out over the weekend. Um, My sister-in-law got married... I don't know if it was just because the weather was colder than we thought it was going to be. Like, it was supposed to be a nice, warm, uh, you know, summery, hot spring day. But it rained the night before, and then it was kind of cloudy for most of the day. And I ended up, which was kind of lucky, I had bought a tweed suit, like a wool suit. Ooh, nice. Which is pretty, and I'm super happy with it. Uh, But I was worried it was going to be a little too hot for that day. But thankfully, it was the perfect choice because it was kind of cold that day. And uh, I didn't have to wear like a bunch of extra clothing or anything. Just the suit by itself was nice and warm. And yeah, I don't know if it was just I had to run back and forth with all this gear. Like they asked me kind of I wouldn't say I don't want to sound like unhappy about it or anything. But it was kind of last minute to organize like all of the sound for the wedding. Like they had a funny setup because they have this band called the swing boots i think swing boot no. did you say boots or boobs <laughs> i would like it so much more if it was the swing and boobs <laughs> that would be great <laughs> that would be very different songs Sorry, it's just it's just the internet connection sometimes <laughs> yeah sure 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 <laughs> oh my god um yeah the 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 swing boobs they um they they played like really great old standards, um, like in the mood, and um, you are my sunshine, all these classics. But they did it kind of unplugged, like the guitar. Play, it was um, a quartet, and the guitar player had this small little pocket amp that so he could be mobile. And the drummer had one of those like you know young Chinese dogs stand up kits. Mm-hmm. But it was a small thing, like a snare, two splash cymbals, and a kick, and that he could just okay. move on a tr- on a tripod like that. And he moved it around, and then they would walk throughout the crowd. So that was cool because they could move from table to table, and ask for requests, and like entertain a table for a couple of songs, and then move around. That was kind of nice. Um, but it became clear kind of early on that no one really organized with the band what they should do and what they would like from them. They kind of just, I think they just said like, will you play the wedding from starting at two o'clock or something? And they were like, yeah, because everything that they did kind of surprised everybody. Like they, we didn't know that they would roam from table to table. We kind of thought they would at the coffee and cake part because it kind of made sense. But then, um, so for those who don't know, in certain parts of traditional German weddings, or at least in Bavaria, there's like the bride stealing. Uh, but the bride stealing in this it sounds was, awful in English. It actually. sounds really like this, <laughs> the kidnapping of the bride. Um, I mean, maybe you can explain that tradition real quickly, because I'll and I can lead it back to the story about the band. Mm, like, I'm not the wedding expert here, but um, <laughs> it's like I don't know why. Why don't we just? I know how, how much do you remember of it, and how much you even were part of it at your own wedding yeah what, what i know about it is that um it's it stems it's a very very old old tradition that stems back to like i think the the royal the royals who lived in germany like the kings and queens and stuff but that wasn't so long ago but you know maybe maybe a few hundred years back and originally the premise was that <clears throat> as far as i know the modernized version of it was that um the uh, bridesmaids and the, like the family and the team or whatever of the bride would not literally kidnap, but you know, more or less, I think it was more intense back in the old days, but like take the bride to an unknown location to the groom to be. Uh, and sometimes it was in a different town, which I think is, I'm so lucky that I don't live in that era. Cause that would have been crazy, but that they would take the bride during the bridal dances to a town into a bar or a pub 
or a place filled with alcohol. And the goal would be that the bride and the bride's family and team would drink as much white wine as they possibly could until the groom and his team found them. And then when they found them, the best man, I, I think this is right, the best man of the, of the groom is supposed to pay for the damage done of how much they drank. Um, but as time has gone, gone by uh, and it's become a little bit more popularized, a little more routine at, at weddings, it's become more of like, um, like kind of just part of the dance. Like when you pick your location for the wedding, you pick the, the place where the bride will be taken to, which sounds funny, but like everything is planned now. Now everyone knows where they will be. It's more about just kind of like at someone's birthday, you just, you, you just sing the song. Like you just know you're going to sing happy birthday. You just don't know if it's going to be before the cake is cut or later by the pool. You just, you know, it's going to be done, but you don't know where. And now, now you just know like, okay, we're going to do it. I guess it's going to be here at this spot. And at our wedding, I knew where it was going to be, but I still... You knew? Uh, that's the next thing I, I wanted to ask you. I knew roughly. Like, they, 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 they gave me as much as I would ask for, but once I had enough information, I stopped asking because it was still kind of fun to not really know everything. But I knew that, of course, we're, you know, we the ceremony was on this nice, like, flat platform on a beautiful summer day, with, like, under this big tree, and it was really nice and, like calm and serene. And then you go down this hill and there's this big barn. And that was where we had the reception, you know, with the tables for dinner, <clears throat> sorry. And the, the coffee and the presentations and the bands and all that stuff. Um, and I knew that obviously, cause we had toured the location that there was this like half castle next to it, like this open kind of broken off old castle structure there. And they had discussed, Oh, this will be great for the bride stealing. And I thought, ah, okay, okay, okay. So this is where, uh, this is where they'll be like when we do it. But then I didn't ask too much more about it. I didn't ask like how it gets arranged or who sets it up or how I can help. I just knew like, okay, this is something that will happen and I'll just have to kind of like adjust to it. And then when we were doing the bridal dances, it was really exciting because you feel the energy of the room shift and all of a sudden it's very sneaky and very like cheeky and fast and kind of everyone's really excited and there's like this electricity and all of a sudden you you're getting pulled into dances with people that you didn't know you were going to be like so, so like one of her cousins grabbed me and was like spinning me around and then one of my friends grabbed me and was like spinning me around and I knew that it was happening I knew things were being changed all of a sudden like all the groomsmen and the cousins and the family and the bridesmaids they were all swooping in and making distractions and and then Ify was gone and then, oh, like all my friends were gone and then this family was gone and then whatever. Basically at the end, everyone was gone except for like me, Ify's dad, my mom, and I think Vivi? That could <laughs> uh, be, yeah. Or Jenna. It was like me. It was like four of us at the very, very last. And I was like, okay, where do we go? Where is, where is everybody? I was like, are they up there? And then we had to walk up this little, like this, well, pretty steep dirt path, I guess. And then you got there and then it was like, then I really saw it, what they meant. It was just this huge white wine party, which was yeah. like, you know, and all the Americans there really, including, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but especially the touring Americans there specifically for the wedding, they were so surprised by this. And it was such a, I mean, imagine that, imagine you're, you're there and you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> all of a sudden everyone's running out of the room and you're like, what, what, what's going on? And then you follow up this hill and you're in this castle and someone's handing you a bottle of white wine to just chug. And like, there's some guys up there playing acoustic guitar and people's jackets are coming off. Then someone makes a necklace out of empty white wine bottles and hangs yeah. it around my neck. <laughs> um, someone gave me like a fedora, like covered in flowers I felt like I was the girl in Midsummer, just without all the murder and drugs. <laughs> and like, then, yeah, and then you, and then after a while, I mean, it just kind of simmers to a point where you're like, okay, let's go back down. Um, and then, at, and the the reason we even brought that up was like, at Maria's wedding, we knew there'd be a bride stealing. I didn't know where it was going to be at all. I had never been to the location. I didn't know any of the details. Um, so the funny thing was. We, we, we knew it was going to be time for that. And me and Maria's dad and brother were supposed to be the entertainment, 
during the bride dances whilst she is stolen. And so we're playing these songs, but we're doing such an awful job (laughs) that most of the distraction, like most of the attention is on how bad we're doing. (laughs) It was so brutal. It was so brutal. It was the worst. It was the worst performance ever. Everybody did so bad. It was so bad. Like... I just tried to keep my shit together, but like those guys did so bad. It was unbelievable. (laughs) And they know they did too. It was so funny at the end. We were like, wow, we really fucked that up, boys. (laughs) She wanted us to play The Weight from the band and to play Wagon Wheel from Old Crow Medicine Show. Mm -hmm. And then for the band band to play You Are My Sunshine, like in this order. And we, we played... (laughs) <laughs> we played the weight like 10 beats too fast and off key as all hell. And did you do the harmonies? We tried, <laughs> but I don't think we succeeded. It was very, very bad. Um, like it was so funny, man. We had practiced it and it sounded decent. Like actually I was impressed with them. I thought this is going to sound good. And then for some reason they just got nervous or they don't, they didn't care or something. Something was just off. And we went to do it, and maybe because it was also so fast. It was like, take a load off, Fanny. Take a load free. It was way too fast. And we started to get to the chorus, and Big Step is supposed to hold the first, and, and the brother's supposed to go, and, and then me, and. But the first two guys screwed it up. So I didn't know where to go. <laughs> so it was like, and, and, and then I just went, and, <laughs> and somehow we got to like, put the load right on me. It was so bad. Um, so we did, so we did that and I don't know, they were trying to dance to this song. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> they were like two-stepping to this weird off-time <laughs> folks tune from the 70s. And I then we like, got... Like, like a, a video game where we have a scene of a club of people dancing, but like very bad animated, like early 2000s video game characters. Yes. Like ro- from one foot to the other. Yeah, it is. It was like, yeah, it was like playing Miami Vice or something. Or Vi- was it Vice City? Vice City. Um, but yeah, we did that. And then and then we did Wagon Wheel, which was just as bad. Just as bad. I mean, the funny thing about Wagon Wheel was we shared, there's three verses. So we just shared the verses. And like Yosef took one, Sep took one, I took one. And uh, yeah, we did the best that we could, you know, and the chorus is the core. Every drunk guy in the world can sing the chorus. So that was, that was a little better. And somewhere in that, I think around the time we end and it goes into you are my sunshine, Marie and Daniel are no longer there. And I go, ah, they've been, she's been taken. Okay. But I didn't know where they were going to go. I just figured someone would like, I'd see a rush of people running somewhere and I would just join in. Um, but what ended up happening was that, uh, she had been taken into the building mm-hmm. uh, upstairs. There was this back room with, with, that had a bar and a big open floor. Now, my stupid self had gone in that room early, early on in the day and wondered, huh, what's this room for? It's empty. <laughs> I didn't even put it together. Oh, maybe this is for the bride stealing. Like, I went in that room because that's where we all had dinner and that's where the DJ was going to be. And that's where the bathrooms were. And then past that, there was this bit, there was just the door you open and there was like a bar, a a full bar in an empty room. And I I didn't think to myself what that could be used for. I was like, huh, they have a stocked room in here. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And so I found out later that that's where she'd been taken to. I, I, the, the band had played. So this is the weird thing about the band. So obviously no one had told them, when she gets taken up to that room, you should stay and play play immediately and play the whole time. <laughs> because I had broken down all of the equipment. Like we played our songs, the band played their song, and then the, the group, the like the group of people sort of dissipated. And I thought, oh, okay, this performance is over now. I'll break down the cables and break down the because I was in charge of all that stuff and I didn't want to do it later in the night. So I was breaking everything down. It was taking my time. And then I was like, ah, oh, I'll take a break here go see where Efi's at, check on the twins, get a, get a beer. And I went up into that back room because I I saw that the door was open and there were people in there and I walked in and it was just like, I don't know, 
60 or 70 people all drinking white wine with no music and just talking. And I went, to, I mean, I'm so stupid. I didn't think to myself to ask like, hey, what's going on? Wow, this is weird. I just went up to Ify with my wife. I was like, hey, how's it going? Like, <laughs> and no one had said like, no one was freaking out. No one was talking about how it was just this weird, quiet room. And then Maria has this close friend named uh, Stenka. Uh, and she was basically in charge of, of operations. Mm-hmm. And I went up to her and she was panicking. And she was like, Jordan, we need music. We need music right now. I don't know where the band is. The band isn't here. We don't know where they are. And I'm panicking. And I was like, oh, uh, uh, and I didn't think to ask like, why, why do you need music? What's going on? I was just like, okay, uh, sure. Don't stress. I'll go get a speaker from downstairs. So I went to, to go get a speaker from the PA. I brought the mixer up. I got an adapter cable to plug my phone into. And I set all this up and it took like 10 minutes. And just as I was about to press play, on some playlist for the room, the band walks in and they were like, Oh, thank God the band's here. And I went, Oh, (laughs) I said, ah, there must've been some misunderstanding. The band's here. Everything's fine. So the band starts playing. They play these really fun songs. They play tequila, like it was great. We had a fun time. All of a sudden it felt like after maybe 40 minutes, um, the band says they did, they do this announcement in the corner. They're like, all right, this is going to be our last, uh, last tune. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> they're like, thanks a lot for having us. And we hope you enjoyed it. And here's our website, whatever. And they played us, they played a song and then they just left. And <laughs> <thank you. laughs> they left and they, I think they played like a couple more songs to the outside tables. When I went to sync and I was like, what's going on? I thought the band was playing for this room. And she's like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they don't know what's going on and no one talked to them. And I said, wait a second. Was this where the bride was stolen to? <laughs> After all that. I was like, was this where Maria? And she was like, yeah, of course, duh. And I went, oh my God. No wonder you were so stressed about music. She was stolen to this room and no one knows what's going on and there's no band. I was like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even know. I, 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 I was being so, stu- I was so naive, man. I was like, I have my job. I did my job. Now what's up? And then I just, <laughs> so silly. And the band just left. So then we had to think about what else to do. Finally, at least after that, it was like pretty much dinner, dinner time. So. Nice. I had some food and the food was really good. They had, um, um, I forgot if I had a different point before that, but basically, yeah, I did the sound and we played the songs and, oh, but I I should say before I move on from the music part, we did, I did the ceremony, which was very beautiful. Um, I was very happy with that. It was, uh, outside. It wasn't too cold. Um, like maybe 130, 140 people there. And, it was, I brought all the sound gear just in time. I set everything up and it looked nice. And then, um, Stinka was in charge of giving me the cues for everything. And this worked out great. Maria was in the back. She was about to walk down with her dad. Um, everyone was walking down in succession. It felt like it happened really fast because I was supposed to play just one song as, as everyone who walks down the aisle walks down. You know, you imagine like, oh, it's Daniel with maybe his mom and then like, you know, Maria and the dad and maybe the bridesmaids and stuff. But it just seemed like three or four people walked down because I played, um, they wanted the song. Do you know, no one's going to love you by band of horses. Yeah. So they wanted that one <clears throat> as like the bride song. So I played that. I didn't even get to finish it. Uh, cause I felt like I didn't want them to just be sitting there listening to me when they're supposed to talk, you know, but cause they had, I'd started it and they had come all the way down the aisle all the way up to the front, everyone had sat down. Maria and Daniel had met. They were at their chairs and they had they were seated. And it was just Stenka standing there with her microphone looking at me. And I thought, wow, that was fast. I don't I shouldn't finish the song. It's another minute at least. It's gonna be awkward. So I just found a moment like after another verse and just made it sound like this is the ending. After you're shredding for another minute, <laughs> like pulling out a guitar solo, you finally found a moment. Give me one more second, guys. This one's just for you. <laughs> and uh, this one's inspired by the great Steve Way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I played that one. That was nice. And then um, they had requested uh, this John Prine song 
called In Spite of Ourselves. But they wanted me to write original lyrics uh, replacing his about Maria and Daniel. So Maria had written me funny things that Daniel does. Like, oh, he leaves a mess behind. He, um, what's some other things? He, he, he loves concrete. He, uh, I forgot exactly what she wrote, but somehow I made it into the song. And then, and then he That's wrote me. That's a pretty me, cool fun fact about someone. Loves concrete. <laughs> she wrote me, the smell of concrete makes him horny. <laughs> okay. And so we just, we, we just put that all in the song, dude, like verbatim. Um, and then Daniel wrote me stuff about Maria and then Ify, of course, was like the key to the song being funny because Daniel and Maria will tell you things about each other, but they won't say anything too personal or too embarrassing because they're, they're just too polite. That's just not what they do. But Ify sure did. She stepped in and she was like, did you know that if you make Maria laugh, she farts? <laughs> and I was like, that's going in the song. <laughs> And, I, and then I told them, I wrote Maria and I said, hey, I finished the song. It's very funny. I don't think it belongs in the ceremony anymore. <laughs> I said, I think we should do it in the evening when everyone's had some drinks. <laughs> and she said, no, no, no. We want it in the ceremony. I said, okay, it's your wedding. And sure enough, man, uh, I was really proud of Efi too. She sang with me. She never sings. She was very shy, but she did it. She did a great job actually. And she sang with me. Um like this duet and I sang about Maria and she sang about Daniel and it was great, man. Like not everyone obviously understood all the English lyrics, but those who understood, we cleaned house, dude, we <laughs> destroyed them. And funny enough, Maria and Daniel didn't know that I got additional information from Ify. Uh, she thought they thought we, I only made the song out of what they told me, which was very mm -hmm. nice stuff. So when I sang the part, um, Maria, like, she drives like her daddy. It'll stop your heart. If you make her laugh, she'll pop a little fart. <laughs> when I sang that line, she almost stood up out of her chair, like, looking at Daniel, like, how could you tell them that I farted and I laughed? And he was like, I didn't, I didn't tell you that. I didn't say anything. And that was during the song, too. Oh, God. It was great. It was so good. Um, Man. That was Sounds like a, a great wedding. It was a blast, man. It was really a blast. And um, yeah, we did that one. I did another nice song that they wanted. And then uh, I played a fourth and final song as they as they walked off. So actually, it was a little stressful getting all the songs together and getting all the gear together. But it worked. In the end, Like I think everything came out really good except for the songs with her dad and her brother. <laughs> uh, but that was also funny. Every wedding has to have a bad song. Yeah, sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, and then the rest of the party was great. This is about the time I started losing my voice. We had dinner. The food was good. They had like a buffet. You could get um, like fresh lamb and steak and uh, fish and uh, nice potatoes and spätzle and all these nice sides and great cakes. And then, uh, yeah, not long after dinner was over, the DJ just started in this room, which I thought was almost a little sudden because it was like 1030. It didn't really feel that late. Because the sun didn't go down till like 10. Yeah. So I thought, mm, damn, that's really that's fast. Um, but that's when everyone started to try and like really just kick off the party. Uh, and we would have stayed really late. I think the whole party went until just about 3 a.m. or a little after 3 a.m. And everyone was basically home probably around like 5. Mm -hmm. Part of me is very glad that I didn't do that. Because I don't know that I could have managed to live the next day after all the work I did at the wedding plus the twins plus having like a few drinks. Um, it would have been really hard. Uh, part of me is glad that I didn't do it. The other part of me is always, of course, like, well, it's, you know, it's a wedding, it's a party. I kind of wish I had have seen it, but we had to leave around, I want to say like 1130, like maybe not even midnight because, uh, yeah, the babies just, they were asleep. But then they just, I don't know, they started having these, like, they were started, they started panicking and screaming. They just were unconsolable. I guess they just woke up. They didn't know where they were. They weren't in their bed. Everything was loud. Makes their sense. dad was performing awfully. Oh my God. They were so embarrassed of me. <laughs> they were so ashamed. They were screaming a lot. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. So we, we just said we had to go. But I, but our friend Kati was there and I texted her later and was like, well, how was the rest of the night? She's like, oh, you're going to love this. 
I said, um, how was the rest of the night? Like, what was the DJ good? And she said, what do you think? He ended up playing Liquido and Totenhosen. Do you know them? I know that, but like, if if someone told me that based on my taste of music, I would say like, okay, it's been not that great, but I know many, many people think that this is the very good like peak of a DJ set or a, a party. Really? That's funny. I, I, I only know it from the satirical point of view. I don't really know the music that well, but what what whenever I've been told they're like, oh, they played Totenhosen, it's always with this eye roll. So I, I assume it was like um when when they play like Cotton Eye Joe or something at a <laughs> you know, you're like, Oh my god. Uh, yeah, but it was good. It was a really fun time. And the next day, uh, we somehow survived it, but my voice was completely gone. It hit just blown out. But, nice. um, yeah, man, but <laughs> that was my weekend. What did you get into? <laughs> Not that much. I wanted to get back to the, to the bright ceiling. Um, mm, mm-hmm. well, I think because, because I think as far as I know it, besides <clears throat> like, um, like your wedding and your wedding, like I didn't all, as well, I didn't get it at all. Like at one moment, I don't know who, who it was. I think it was Tim, but I'm not sure. Like, dude, what you still doing here? Get your uh. ass up. We're gonna steal the bride now. Uh. Um, <clears throat> but in general, I'm not sure if white wine is necessarily part of it. Okay. Like if you're not doing it in a fancy place, like a medieval castle or something, <clears throat> I know it that they just take take the bride to I don't know. A bar or restaurant nearby and a general rule and i think that could be like okay you have to drink a freaking lot but is that the right the the, the room has to find her and to kind of have he has to pay some form of ransom ah okay okay and that could be anything that could be i don't know three wishes that the bride has or some challenge or, or whatever okay oh that's um, interesting yeah maybe it was just more of um the Geiger perspective, like, could oh, we, a, we used a, to just do white wine and pay the bill or whatever. Could be that's you know? a, a family, family tradition. Yeah, maybe so. Oh, that's interesting though. But does it say, maybe you just said it, but how old it is, how far back it goes? No, I don't, I don't know that, but it, it, it must be pretty old. And I also know that it's, it's rather a Bavarian or at least Southern German thing, but it's all I know actually. Yeah. I, I don't think people in the North know about it. And Hey, I'm I'm still too young to be a wedding expert. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not for much longer, big boy. <laughs> no, and stay young, enjoy it. <laughs> one other story that was super funny. I've been to the concert to to a concert for the first time in like a year or something. You went to a concert, yeah? Um, because you mentioned like um like kids that are bored or embarrassed by their parents' performance. Yeah, like I've been at Circus Krone. At the Helge Schneider concert. You know Helge Schneider? You went to the Helge Schneider concert? Yeah, sure I did. Like, I'm a huge fan. That's awesome. And at first I was kind of a bit disappointed because the last time I've seen him has been like six years ago. And back then he um, used to have a, a big band and great musicians with him, like the 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 drummer Pete York. I don't know if you knew him. Oh, played yeah. with. With Steve Winwood, he said around the sixties. For sure, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and this time it's what it was a super small setting, just just him and playing piano and vibraphone and these kinds of instruments. A guitarist, a bass player that couldn't play bass. Oh, <laughs> I no. think this was part of the get of, oh, of a okay. joke. <laughs> um, an acoustic guitar player and a drummer. And the thing is, the drummer was a like. 12 year old boy oh maximum 14 years old and the funny thing is i guess it must have been his son or the son of the guitar player or something because it was so funny to see because this boy was when in between the songs hag schneider would do his kind of you could say stand-up parts right which could fade in into songs and he plays full like jams and songs that are part of a joke etc um but in these talking parts in between, like, would be super bored. And it was a setup like like a jazz band. So the, the drum kit was not in the back, but 
like they're we're all in kind of a line or forming kind of a, a light hue. Yeah. Um so the drum kit was at front of the stage and this boy was sitting there like super embarrassed and annoyed by the stand-up parts of Helge Schneider. And I thought, okay, that could only be like if you're have any form of personal re- relationship. Dude, otherwise yeah, yeah. you wouldn't dare to do it. But, but this was super fun to see because like and that boy could play. It was crazy. He was really good. Really? Um yeah, like like crazy good. But the thing is like in between he was so bored and th- that was part of the show. Like having this this teenage boy on stage that is who's really embarrassed and doesn't care about the stuff like this great artist so many people admire does there. Right. Helge Schneider's always trying to get him involved and puts up like fancy cowboy hats on his head, etc. and stuff like that. <laughs> and then for me, the most funny thing, I, I think most people didn't even realize it, is that because he was so young, the concert has to be done, had to be finished at 10 p.m. because of like youth protection. Like if you're under 14, you're not allowed to perform or I think be out in general after 10 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they finished right at like... um. 9.59 oh, wow. <laughs> went off off stage and then he came came up all alone Helge Schneider like for the encore <laughs> oh that's cool though it's cool that he came back out like to do it again to do and more. yeah it was it was kind of surreal like you, you you would expect but I was first of all super happy to see Helge Schneider again because I, I'm not sure if you I don't know too much about his story I know that a lot of people adore him and respect him. At first, when you said you saw him, my reaction made it sound like I think he's not good. I don't know his comedy. I know who he is because he's very famous, mm. but I, I know that a lot of people really love him. Like Ify told a story once about how she watched a special he did and he like spent 30 minutes just getting to a piano from where he started walking yeah. and every little tiny thing he did just like uproarious laughter. So yeah. it kind of reminds me of like Mr. Bean, like Rowan Atkinson. If I think about that, I find that style of humor super funny. So I don't, I don't know his shows, but um, I know he's really admired. Like Helg Schneider and like, I don't know. I've, he's And that, that might be a super weird thing about me, but when I was like between like 13 and 18, me and my best friend, like, we really idolized Helge Schneider. I'm not, but to, to explain him in general, like, his, it's this nonsense humor all along, like this Dadaistic nonsense humor. Um, and, yeah, and getting so much out of simple situations just by, yeah, like you mentioned, little details, the way he walks, like, or this one little joke that he could turn a word around and but stretches his weight it it's like this you know a, a bit like in like comedy shows like one example that comes to my mind is like on family guy when they do these 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 flashbacks that are right. way too long and part of the gag is that they stretch it out even more right right like i don't know like the chicken fight do you did you like... do you remember when the autistic postman like ringed like 400 times and they play it like 400 times that's so insane and yeah. like that's that's a big part of his humor plus he's an insane musician like he's this crazy jazz god there used to be oh, a, wow. okay. a, a web show by Bayerischer Rundfunk Helge Schneider explains jazz which I, I don't know why they didn't continue it maybe not that many people saw it but it's crazy good and the combination of, of these two things like this great kind of <clears throat> innocent Dadaistic nonsense humor, um, because he's not offending anyone. It's just his, like he's living in in his world and just lets people be part of this nonsense. That's Plus so cool. The fact that he's a a great musician on so many instruments, and but often plays that down by like, like intentionally playing, like, do you say dilettantistic? I don't know. Just. Ooh, awful, I don't know. just just bad, like I was playing just like bad intentionally, bad. <laughs> and then switching back to a, to a great like uh, jazz tune or something with the band, and yeah, he's like a great artist. But I had to fear because he didn't take like the whole COVID thing too well, and I had for a moment I thought like, okay, hmm, has he gone <laughs> like 
in the oh. wrong direction in terms of... Um, Has he floated to the right side? Yeah, and denying COVID sort of bad. As it turned out, it was not that thing because there was the situation last year in Augsburg. He played an open air in a kind of COVID setting, like a like a car concert. But I think it was like these... Mm, do, you know, do you know these kind of... Also very German thing. It's called Strandkorb. These like Strandkorb, tiny... no. Tiny, could you say tiny houses or like, like a, like a huge? Isn't core basket, beach yeah. basket? Um, I don't know if there's even a translation for it because Stand I'm, I'm not sure. If, like yeah, like a beach chair, but with this with the, with the roof and. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. The shadow protectant, yeah. like wicker beach chairs. Yeah. So um, and they put up these. To make a to have like couples sit there, but having distance and kind of a yeah. COVID gig, open air. Yeah, yeah. And in in the middle of it, he just went off stage and was like, "Sorry, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's hurting me as an artist so much to perform under these circumstances. I'm out." Yeah, I can. He, honestly, I can understand that it's it's it sucks to play. Like, I played a concert over Zoom. Yeah, and it was terrible. And I knew I would never do another one. And not because I'm. I mean, I was pro every restriction or rule or 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 yeah. any any sort of protection like it was just the fact of like well i'll just have to keep waiting because this isn't the answer yeah. yeah and the thing is like he's been around for like 40 or already 50 years and so like he's i can understand that he's that he's the, he's pissed off, off by the thing and then he put out a statement like okay if this goes on any longer besides that these rules are necessary etc he's gonna um like quit on his career he's not performing anymore He's gonna stop everything and just enjoying the rest of his life on his own. Oh and, wow! And so I was super glad that he actually came back and did not make that happen. And so it was great, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Was it a super expensive show or was it reasonable? Um, or did you? It have was a free pretty reasonable. I, I didn't even have to pay, had to pay the ticket because, like, originally, uh, a, the cousin of a friend of mine had two tickets. Then his, um, like, the guy he wanted to go with couldn't do it, then himself couldn't come. And so my friend got first one ticket, then both tickets, and took me. And then we kind of had a deal, like, I paid the drinks, etc. But I think it was not too expensive, like, 20 or 30 bucks. That's totally reasonable for something like that. Dude, I just I just bought Kendrick Lamar tickets for Berlin for 100 euros. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. When is he playing? Um, I love the new album October 11th in Berlin but he's also playing like Stuttgart and Frankfurt as far as I know Kendrick oh my god dude I would love to see Kendrick I just saw a list of concerts that are busting out in Munich in the summer and because I met so many so many weddings (laughs) So many weddings. I won't <laughs> I won't make them. Like, dude, Andrew Bird is gonna play. Phoebe Bridgers is gonna play. Um oh there was another one. There was another one. Uh like Arcade Fire, I think, is gonna play. Mm-hmm. Um there's like three or four that I was like, oh my god, I, I have to see them. I like I have to. And then it was like, oh, July 14. You're like, fuck. But at least Kendrick's playing later in the year. Maybe that's possible. Me see, like, yeah, man. But weddings are a huge problem. Like now that that COVID is kind of over, you cannot plan anything because everyone is at weddings. I wanted to throw a birthday party. You know about <laughs> that, and it right. invited like sixty people, which normally would be too much for for like my little little flat. But you know in advance, like at least twenty people will not gonna make it. Right, right. And in the end, like eight people turned up because everyone was at weddings. <laughs> Dude, everybody is at weddings, and it's really, really, really getting crazy. It's really getting crazy out there. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I even did, I think, I talked about it on, on last week's uh, American Sunday, but this wedding was was uh, delayed for two years, and they did it, like, right down to the day of mm. when they were supposed to have it, and then... I've got to, and now people are having weddings abroad. Like all these international couples are having weddings abroad. So, I mean, it sounds bad to complain. So I'm not really complaining, but it's just, it's just, you know, it's money and it's time and we have kids and it's just not as easy as it used to be. But now we're going to Greece in like 13 days, like for already wedding. for another wedding. Yeah. Um, which I've been asked to play music at, which is all good and fine, but it's just another thing, you know? 
And then, um, and the deal with this wedding, and this is, uh, the, the stipulation in this wedding is why I don't want to mention uh, any names is like, cause this is my one sort of complaint with it is that they made it so, so specific and so clear on their wedding invitations and in person, whenever you talk to them and all the time, they make it so that's like the big from the, from the platform, like with the megaphone, like what we want sort of thing is no children allowed at the wedding. Mm. No kids allowed. Don't even think about it. Do not bring them, which, yeah, you know, like part of their argument is because it's on, uh, it's near the water. And I understand that they, yeah, I know, but here it's like, well, I'm trying to sympathize with them a little bit. Like they don't want to have any liability issues. If something happens, if a kid falls in or whatever, although I would say all of that responsibility is on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we, if we let our 10 month old baby roll into the ocean, probably we're not so great at having them around. Um, but we, yeah. So we, they say no children allowed. It's a, and on the invitation is like, it is a, like a child free celebration. It's like a super bold letters. And they were like, what we offer for the wedding for all of our friends who have kids, which by the way, all their friends who have kids, it's quite a lot of kids and it's a wide range of age. Like ours, Mm -hmm. ours are going to be like between nine and 10 month old babies. Mm -hmm. And there's also people with like toddlers who are like more like four or five years old. And they're saying for, for the people with kids, we've hired a nanny to watch them for the wedding. And it's like some Greek woman. I mean, nothing against that. Maybe she's amazing, but like just some Greek lady, we don't know who may or may not, you know, who may or may not speak, you know, English or German very well. We don't know. And she's supposed to watch all of these kids. And it's like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So now we've incorporated that we're bringing another friend with us and we're going to pay for her flight so that she stays in the hotel with the babies after we've put them to sleep to keep an eye on them and like, you know, rub their backs or put the pacifier back in if they wake up so that they stay sleeping. And then we have to take turns at the ceremony. I'll be there at a certain window of time because I have to play so many songs and then we'll have to trade. I'll have to go to the hotel and hang with our friend and wait there while Efi goes to the party for a while. And it's just like, uh, so much dude it's a lot it's a lot and and we're going there and i'm gonna miss phoebe bridgers <laughs> that's awful that's it's really crazy awful. I'll, i've also seen so many like like i seen because i was not in the mood for 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 festivals or anything and then tony came up with, like hey do you want to come with me to this festival in august and i was like hmm, i don't like that specific festival so much which and one is it I don't um, want to say. Look, or no, like it's it's FM4 frequency in Austria. Like I, I like the festival ah, cool. in general, but I, d- I don't like the lineup that much. That's the thing. Oh, okay. Um, and then I checked on other festivals and saw so many great things like Reading Festival, Arctic Monkeys, oh, Liam man. Gallagher, Declan McKenna, um, Rage Against the Machine, which I never saw. There could be a possibility wow. to see them live again. That would be cool. Um, such crazy things. Um, but yeah. So many weddings. And I can say, like, as far as I remember from being a little child, since my parents were not so old when they had me, like, as a kid, I had to come to weddings as well. And for children, weddings are the worst, just like you mentioned, because there's yeah. always this this idea of adults, okay, we're going to have one person that watch the, watch the kids or form a group of all kids that are there. And then you have a range from, like, tiny little babies yeah. For like nine year olds, and like the older kids yeah. are like, okay, what are we gonna do here? Like it's, <laughs> it's insane, it's insane. But yeah, but that also <sighs> might be a, a problem that you go to so many weddings because I thought about what is like I've had to turn down concerts exactly like playing concerts. I've had to turn down two shit because I must say like now I checked it's nearly a year since Simple Swimmer came out. And dude, and I, I must say, I played like three, like shows. I, I, I got back into it somehow. I don't know. It's like I told you the story already. Like I had with the, with your first album, um, this time it was the other way around. I'll get to that in a second. But like I had this phase where I listened to it so much. Obviously, also because I had to practice it. And now for the for the 
passed like nine or even ten months since we played that show at Theresienwiese. Right. Like as a listener, it fell off my radar. Sure. Yeah. And since like last week or something, I got back into because I had kind of an earworm of this, just this last part of um, how I go down. Go on, take the trash out. Oh yeah, nice. Which has kind of become my get yourself together mantra. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That's cool. Um, and I got back into it, and dude, it's such a great album. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I almost a lot. forgot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how or why, but I almost forgot. It's such a great album. Man, thank you. I I always feel like because of I, I don't know. Could be because of a lot of reasons. Maybe it's. Maybe it's too different from 12 Songs for 12 Friends or perhaps it was released at the wrong time or perhaps the label didn't do quite what what was expected. Who knows? There, it could be a lot of... Maybe the, maybe the songs and you just didn't aren't... you didn't even have the chance to like get it to the people. Like, I, right. I couldn't perform it. There's so many things. Like Probably a lot of it is the timing in which we released it because I think you have to be a much bigger artist to drop it with no shows for there yeah. to be people who want to hear it. Um, you have to tour the songs and maybe we should have waited longer. I don't know, but I always felt like simple swimmer was, um, very slept on compared to 12 songs. And I, I found 12 songs to be pretty slept on. So this was even bigger <laughs> of like a, dis like of no one noticing sort of thing. And I was like, Oh man. And that's why like immediately after it, it came out, I put two different singles out like collaboration singles, like, yeah, I think in, I don't know, August or something after it came out, I had a song with my friend Tom Yanks. Or no, I had uh, the one with uh, Moonmates from Regensburg, Pieces. And then this other one with Tom Yanks, uh, Waiting for Love. And I just was like, you know what? Let's just keep music coming out. And that was the last ones I had put out. I think Pieces came out while I was in the hospital with the babies. It came like Everything mm. came out like right at the last possible uh moment and um yeah so it's always nice to hear that i'm actually at this greek wedding playing a, a, a few songs with this guy that i don't know his name is phil and we were texting about like how do you want to do this john mayer song how do you want to do this taylor swift song what key should we you know just like trying to map it out because we can't practice we have no no time to actually meet and um and then he said by the way because the the people who are getting married asked if maybe I play one or two of my own songs. Mm -hmm. and they didn't they didn't say which ones. I guess I'll choose. So I'll play Stoned and uh, You can go right on ahead and <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was thinking I'll play Better Off Dead and Stoned at the <laughs> <laughs> You guys said I could choose whatever I wanted. <laughs> um and he and this he guy this guy wrote me and said Hey, do you mind if um, I play along with you on your songs? I've just finally checked out your album, and I th and it's really great. I said, "Oh, that's so nice, thank you." And I I asked him which one because I just always assume they mean twelve songs. And uh, he said, "Oh, the one, whichever is the one that has the crooked rail on it." I was like, "Oh, dude, thanks. That's simple swimmer." <laughs> but I've been, I've been playing um, simple swimmer the song. Uh, re much differently recently. Like I found a way to pick it out to so finally it's a play it as advanced swimmer. Yeah, now I can play as an advanced swimmer. Yeah, eventually maybe I can do like a deep sea diver sort of skill. But um, no, but it's really it's um, I'm playing that and just challenging myself a bit more with the songs, like trying di more different things, and um, that all accumulates to. Wednesday of last week, I got to support Pine Grove at the Hansa 39 Ooh, nice. venue. Um, that was really cool. Uh, I, I was in, oh, let me put that down that we, I was in Oberstdorf for this, for this wedding. There was like, and I had talked about it on the last episode of the podcast as well that I had played these concerts with uh, with the Hoylitte, like with Ify's dad and stuff, um, as like just a guitar player in the band. Did you know about that? Yeah, you told me about it. The Hoylitte shows? Um, so I did those three. It was three sold out shows. It was really like Vorderhändelang, Fellheim, and Zondhofen. Fellheim? 
Yeah, at a synagogue. Okay. Uh, I don't. It was like an hour away, a little maybe a little more than an hour. Okay. And all this, so this was all really fun and great, and it was nice, nice shows. So I was really warmed up, and then Wednesday came around, and I knew I had to play my own songs again, and support this band that I really like. And it was like in Munich, and it was for people that it was like a, a show, like a Jordan Prince show again. And I thought, oh man, I haven't done this in so long. How am I going to pull this off? And so I practiced the day of the show. I practiced the songs that my set list that I had, I had built like what I wanted to play. And then I, uh, <clears throat> I did my drive. It was like two hours and a little more because of traffic back to Munich. Um, picked up some things from the apartment, went straight to the venue, immediately sound checked, met the band. They were super nice. And then I didn't really have much time after that. It was like 30 minutes later, they wanted me to start and no one was there. And I, oh, felt no. so, I felt so bad. I was like, do we really have to kick this off like at 740? And they were like, yeah, because the band has to go to the airport after us. So we have to keep a schedule. And I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. And everybody that, like I knew, I knew a lot of musicians that came to the show. And after the show, I saw them and they said, man, you know, we were all told that Pine Grove was going to start at like uh, nine, nine something. So we thought you would start at 830. So everyone thought they knew I was going to play, but they thought I was playing later. So a lot of people that I knew missed the show entirely. Oh no. So I was like, oh man, but there is good news. Um, I started with like four or five people and I just made it all about them. Like I was talking, nice. to, there's, there's this one couple, there was a girl with crutches and a, her boyfriend, I guess. And I was talking to them for a lot of the first few songs, like, making fun of how, and you know, making fun of being on time. We're all on time that no one's here. And, um, telling them the story about like working on this TV show and like playing smiling for them and really making it like, here's your, your show for you. Like you're good people. Thanks for being here. And then as I played, I think I did like 35 minutes. And as I played, people started filling into the room, thankfully. So I started my first couple of songs with maybe like five, six people and by the time I got to the end of the slot, it was more like a hundred people, mm-hmm. which is fine because the whole show was like 160, 170. Okay. Um, so at the end it felt like, oh, okay, there's like a real group here. And I just, I had fun with it. I was nervous the first couple songs, but then I had fun with it. I was making jokes, telling stories, talking about the album. Um, I think my merch spread is really good right now. I've got the 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 tote bags, the buttons, the stickers, the vinyls, the CDs, the posters. I think it looks really good. And so I basically just played the songs and at the end everyone was really nice. And I watched Pine Grove, they played great. They had great sound, great songs. I don't know if you're into them or if you know who they are. It's this uh, American I've heard the band. name, but I'm not really into their music yet. There's a couple of songs I think you'd really like. I don't know if you'd love them in general. The dude's voice is really unique, but mm-hmm. I, I I like it because of his voice. But I know that it's a divisive okay. factor. And um, <clears throat> yeah, they played great. And then afterwards, I was at the merch table, and thankfully, I sold a good bit of merch. Like people love the bags. I sold some vinyls, like some bundle packages with mm-hmm. the CDs and vinyls. People were super nice. I had one guy come up to me and say, "Hey, you're the guy from the radio show, aren't you?" <laughs> And I was like, hey, all right, American Sunday fans, they're everywhere. Now <laughs> we're talking. It. Dude, um, that was not to make it not to make it all about me on so like not not to really like talk about um anything braggadocious, but that was the second time that week I had been recognized for something I was doing. And that yeah. was so that feeling is so great, man. Uh, I think I told the story before about how last year I was walking to the river with, with my friend Giovanni and this girl yeah. uh, freaked out about the videos. So I've never seen her again or anything, but that always stays in my mind. Like, wow, that was such a crazy experience. It's because it happens like once a year. And then, and then uh, a few weeks ago, before I went to Opusdorf for the wedding and the concerts, I was pushing the stroller around and this guy stops me and says, Hey, you're Jordan Prince, right? And I was like, I was like, hi. Yeah. And he said, Oh man, I love your videos. You're so funny. And I, uh, you have this radio show, American Sunday. We listen to it every week. I was like, that's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> and then to play the Pine Grove show, 
and have this other guy mention it too. I was like, this is great. Like something's working here. Um, sold some merch and then somehow drove all the way back to Oberstdorf the same mm-hmm. day. Oh no, and man. That was such a tough, tough, tough drive. I have to tell you, it was so difficult getting back. Um, I was so tired, but I made it back. And then, uh, the next day was kind of relaxed. I swam in the Geiger pool, which is nice. ice cold. Um, but yeah, it's like the reason I brought that up was because we were talking about playing shows and just like playing that support slot really was such a challenge to like look at my own songs again and see what I like and don't like about them and how to make them live, like how to perform them again. Yeah, yeah sure. And so, yeah, with, But, with the weddings happening, I, I had to turn down yeah, <laughs> some other ones. But one thing I want to say, since you mentioned like you somehow managed to adapt to the situation, only five, four, four or five people being there and making it about them. Right. I feel like that's something you have really grown into over the last few years. Probably a little bit affected by what we do here and obviously your radio show, like, but being a great entertainer on stage. Oh, thanks, man. Because I felt at times like <clears throat> years ago, that you, and I hope this doesn't sound offensive, but you didn't no, no. care about that aspect that much. I was too nervous, I think. Or, probably. Yeah, or probably that as well, or just that. And I think you, you, you really found a, a great, like, onstage persona or role, like, to, to entertain people in between your songs. And that's, Thanks, that's something man. great. I think there's, well, first off, thank you. And I think there's like two versions of that guy. And sometimes when the show has a bit more rock energy and the energy is high and I've had a few beers and we're really pumping out like some good catchy tunes, then that guy is super goofy and loves <laughs> to like point people out, make a weird joke, laugh about it out loud and just like, let's go one, two, three, four, uh, which is like its own different thing. And then the other guy is the, um, like the calmer storyteller, like subtle joke guy from the Pine Grove show, which I think he's probably the more skilled of the two characters that are on. Um, but it have to be in the right mood for whichever one. And I'm, I'm thankful for it too. I'm sure it's a lot to do with uh, learning how to fill space, uh, yeah. either on this show, like from all the solo episodes or from the radio show, probably. And I mean that's 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 the one of the first lessons of like basically any role that has to do with with entertainment in under what circumstances, whatever. Like losing the the fear of of silence and like you said, filling like spaces like that. <laughs> I was writing down losing the fear of silence. That's a great. That's a great line. Um, yeah. And you know, like slightly adjacent to that was also, I haven't written any new songs in forever. I have this one that I have the, I have the intro, mm -hmm. I have the melody for the verse. I have the chorus. I have the bridge. I have all of the, uh, tools to make that song, but I haven't written any lyrics and I have mm. all, I have all of the melodies built and the progression. It's all there, which is the hardest part. But I haven't written the text for it. So that'll be the first baby that I try and knock out when I get really back in the zone. And then when I was playing the concerts with Ify's dad, those are the great moments where I feel like an actual musician, where I'm not the lead guy, but I'm the hired gun who comes in and like really focuses in on the guitar and tries to play the best that he can mm -hmm. and sings harmonies and really practices it. And like, I love being that guy because I'm never that guy. Yeah. Um, And I, I miss being in a band. That that was also like, oh, I'm in a band. I, I love being in a band and not being the main face. Yeah. You know, like Big Lemois, I was the side guy. And it was just so much more freeing because um, I could just focus on like what makes this song sound good. And doing that, I found so many new little things in playing guitar that I had just forgotten about or just were fresh for me. And I found so many new beautiful melodies and guitar structures that we'll all be able to be turned into new songs. Like my phone voice memo, it, uh, like library yeah, is just stacked to the brim 
with like the snippets of new ideas. And that's all I really need is I need to have that library full. And then when I really feel like, okay, I, I have this inner urge in me again to write songs, then I'll have it all there to just sit down and write out text and have a new song. But it's just been, it's been a while. And I think it'll still be a little more time uh, until that urge swallows me up again, but it's slowly crawling back. Like I didn't even have an urge in the last few months to even just pluck around on the guitar at home, but because I had to practice so much for the concerts and for that wedding. And now even more for the new weddings. Cause I have different now. And the one is that that second wedding in, in July is in Italy and I have to play more songs there. Um, My man's all over Europe. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. Yeah. That's that's a whole different thing. I went to America. I'm, I'm Greece, Germany, Italy. I'll be in France later this year. It's nuts. Um, like I but, guess you pictured something else, like like touring with your guitar through Europe than that. I wish. I wish, man. I turned down. Uh, we can wrap up with this, but I turned down a show uh, yesterday. It was a festival that I had played back in 2017, which, which was great. Um, the festival is called Oben Air, like Oben mm -hmm. Air, and it's a festival like at a castle, mm -hmm. uh, I think in Zell, on Zell near Mosul. It's um, like Marienburg on, at the Zell on the Mosul. It's like all these words I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I put in whatever that said yeah. Zell and Mosul. I put yeah. it into Google Maps, and it's almost six hours drive from here. And I asked the guy, asked my booking guy, I was like, okay, that's quite a drive. What's the rate that they want? And they wanted a full band mm -hmm. for like a really, really, really bad, low, 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 low wage, mm. low rate. And I was like, dude, um, that's not even talking about your booking fee. I was like, after that, that's all gas. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that means I can't give my guys anything. I go in the hole. And it's just to say that I played it. I was like, I played it before. It's a great festival. The lineup looks good, but I, I that doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah. It's like, if I was already on the road, yeah, sure, throw it on. But I was like, I can't do it. And he's like, you know what? You're totally right. That's a bad rate. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no Especially wonder, since, man. since gas prices are so crazy. Yeah, the gas is so, so high right now. And like, I mean, I love driving our car and it, now I have the space for uh, to take a band wherever I need to go. It's great to have it. But just that that kind of thing, it just doesn't make any sense. I was hoping it was closer to Munich, you know, like driving up for Pine Grove or um, things like that. Or because also, that, you know, if it's a, if it's more exposure or if you think the audience for that band matches your audience, like the style, you know, you're, you'll do it. You'll waste the time and waste the money to go do it. But um, yeah, sometimes it's just really, really, really not worth it. And you just have no other option but to just say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And he's like, for sure. And the other good news is, um, there's two, two good news is here at the end. One is, uh, th Thursday. Yeah. Th today when it's, when this comes out, um, I will have a meeting in the morning finally with a copyright music lawyer to finally either, either find out for myself, is this realistic? Is this something I can work with? Would this guy, Uh, cause I met him through a friend, through a, through a film agent. If he will be able to say, look, I know you don't make that much money, but for this kind of deal, I'll look at all of your contracts from now on, mm -hmm. make sure you get the best deals. Or he'll say, look, I can't give you good deals. I have to treat everyone the same uh, to do your contracts would be too expensive. Mm -hmm. And then, then I'll know. And then I'll say, okay, thanks for your time. And you know, that's all fine mm -hmm. and good. But I, I'm so tired of getting contracts Uh, for all these t TV jobs and just not knowing if it's going to protect me or protect the music. Yeah. Yeah. And I just need to have someone who can read it for me. Yeah, I have sure. no one who can read it for me. I mean, you did quite some jobs like these. Dude, I've done so many jobs in the last few years and some of them are collaboration jobs. Some of them are just like, you have to sign it the way it is to, to do it. You have to get the money somehow, but I know that it's not the best play out. Uh, and now I'm doing, um, You know, this, I just did my own TV show mm. and there's still contracts that are being sent in for the final publishing for all that stuff. And I just, I, you know, they got a second season and if they get a third or fourth, that's really good publishing royalties. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. I got to make sure that since I'm self-publishing that I get anyway, but that's for another time. And the other thing is, um, for those who listen and are in the Munich area, because I'm starting here, because this is probably our most um, compact audience amount. I would say like, if you're around Munich and if you want to see something really special, maybe you should look into the Milla Club on Friday, July 1st, because there's something very special happening there. There's going to be a band playing, uh, some friends of mine, they've announced it. So they're going to be out there. They have their, uh, their flyers up. They have their posters out. They have their announcement online and they are going to have a special guest playing this show. I think you can probably guess who it is. Um, and we're kind of doing it as a special surprise guest thing. The, the band playing the mill is Dobre. And they're very good and they're really nice guys. And uh, yeah, they have a very wink, wink special guest performing as well at this show. So I would love to maybe possibly see you guys there. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I haven't played a, oh no, it's me. Yeah. I haven't played a show in a long time. So it'd be a nice chance to do something like on a stage again since uh, Pine Grove. But all right, man, I have to wrap it up here. I think this was an amazing show. Yeah, talk, for the next time, about. I think it would be super interesting because we we touched a little bit on that to to get deeper into how you're writing songs because I think we haven't talked too much about that and I think this could be pretty interesting. But then came to my mind, yeah. this is not going to be next week probably because next week, as far as I know, we're going to have a guest. That's right, yeah. Um, next week is very special. Um, definitely make sure to, um, share this with your friends to subscribe or to make sure it stays on your feed because next week we have a very, very, very special guest. It's the return of one of our favorite previous guests. Uh, we'll leave it at that for now. It's someone I'm very impressed with, proud of, thankful to have on the show. Um, very, very, very talented, talented human being. We've got them on for next week. For a, for a return update episode. Very excited about it. So uh, make sure to, yeah, stay in touch with us. Thank you for listening as always. And Mo, it was an absolute pleasure. It was. Sayonara. Sayonara. wonderful episode if you enjoyed today's episode and you like our show please go to apple Podcasts, give us a subscription or a review or a comment it really helps new listeners find our show you can also follow us on instagram at artsy fartsy immigrants we're also now on facebook and on youtube and on twitter at fartsy artsy no at artsy fartsy pod <laughs> we changed it at artsy fartsy pod so, uh, yes, and if you want to financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash jordanprince and where you can submit for as low as $3 a month some money to help us get this show bigger and better just for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Look out, baby, the saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.